Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Is that what you need for the test audio? Us just going wow over and over again? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was going for Owen Wilson wow, but... And then I... I, I it just evolved naturally into sure. Waluigi. the survivor turning back time podcast the survivor podcast that makes you go to the dictionary to look up the word travoy i am your host steven levine with as always my co-host jared sheldon jared how you doing what is a travoy <laughs> it's uh it's a thing that you drag it's i i looked this up and i of course do not remember what it is because it's that unmemorable what if we took a stretcher and made it worse yeah exactly I mean, the idea... Well, okay, I don't want to get into that. We won't get into it. We won't get into it. Okay, Steven. Sure. You are Steven. I am. That is me. We have been looking at a show through the lens of 21 years ago. Uh-huh. It is 2022 at the time of recording. This episode takes place in 2021. Or, sorry, 2001. What is a thing that we will look back on in 2043 and think is has changed for the better for the worse or something that like is insane to think about i think meme culture is going to be one of those where you look back and be like oh i can't believe i posted that oh my god like the old ones like uh philosoraptor and yeah. stuff or like you look back and you're like ermagerd i was so into ermagerd i thought that was so funny it's not anymore that's true that's a good one I think plastic. Like, I think we're going to look back on plastic and, like, like people look back on lead now. (laughs) Which is, like, they put it in everything and it was slowly killing them. Yeah. We do do that. We do do that. That that do be a thing. (laughs) Jared, we were gone for a week. We were gone for a whole week. In the last three weeks, I've basically spent, like, five days at home. Uh Uh-huh. I'm so glad to be done traveling. I know, right? I I need to be home. I need to be home for a long time. Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the same thing you did. So for those for those listening at home that can't see this, we got a solicitation email email from a Carlos uh, who says with the headline "Survivor Turning Back Time is Ranking Very Well in Russia." So okay. Hold that thought, because I have noticed, I we get our statistics every once in a while, I have noticed that there is someone in Russia listening to this consistently. So if you're there, hi, Russian person. I don't know how you got a hold of this, but... Uh, they have the internet. Yeah. I don't know how they ended up here. Yeah. Like, I don't... I didn't know Survivor was big in Russia. Maybe in maybe they're an expat or something. If you're listening and you're in Russia, please write us. We'd love to hear your story of how you found us. Yeah. So, I mean, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to us. I, I really appreciate that. I'm just baffled that you got this. I'm baffled that one person or two people listening in Russia puts us in the top 60 of, his, of podcasts under the tag history in all of Russia. <laughs> yes, all of Russia. I was just pulling up our emails because we were gone for so long that we got lots of emails. Uh, So I want to go through all these emails. I'll do it real quick. Real rapid fire. Our good friend Carl. Carl has emailed us quite a bit. One per episode. So 
Thanks, Thank Carl. You, Carl. We've we've been uh, we've been gone, so I haven't been checking this email. So here we go. Hope Jared Jared notices Amber's. Oh my God, it's so good. Throughout the season is a thing. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. I yes. Also really loves Jerry. Also not sure the negative edit was entirely undeserved, since everyone really the the social turn on Jerry is pretty early. We'll talk about it. I kind of came to the same conclusion this episode that maybe they play up because they have narratives, right? And and narratives are not formed out of thin air. Um, that maybe, you know, they exaggerate Jerry's villain status a little bit, but I'm seeing it a lot more every episode. Mm-hmm. As far as the Kel thing and the beef jerky, just hints that nobody really liked Kel anyway and thought he was a little weird. So, like... That's fair. I get that. Other one. Not a lot to add on episode three. Did not know a lot of the Marilyn stuff, so hey, glad, uh, glad we filled you in on Marilyn and Marilyn doing doing the good nick may or may not have been lazy but i don't like that survivor decided to give out the lazy black man edit okay so we talked about this i yeah we talked about this and i didn't want to put this out there because i didn't want to be like giving the narrative of that even if the the show kind of hints at it but we definitely did talk about it in the episode and i decided oh it's better off i just edit this out but yes, I, I think that Survivor did Nick dirty here. I think I agree seeing a little bit more. I mean, we don't get a lot out of Kucha Camp in any of these episodes, uh, especially not from Nick. Nick's kind of like borderline ethereal through these first five episodes. He's the amber of his tribe. And it's tough because we have two se- only two seasons of evidence. So at least I only have two seasons of as evidence. And Jervis wore being lazy on his on his sleeve. He's like, yes, I, I save my energy for the challenges. That is my strategy. But Nick doesn't feel like he's being lazy. And so this does feel like a little bit of a stereotypical edit. Yeah, just real, real brutal. And I, I'm not, not a big fan of that one, Survivor. Uh, episode four, scooping, sharpening the knife after killing the pig with three shocked emojis. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. He just looks giggly and it's creepy. Oh, man, Carl, you're you're saying the things that I, I'm feeling. Yeah, Mitchell really undelivers in his voting confessional. Oh man, can't wait to write Keith down now. I have so much to say. Yeah, I think part of that is probably because he saw his name in the confessional and was like, oh no, because he would have had to. He write wrote it. it and then spoke and then put it in the jar. So yeah, that's on Mitchell. <laughs> Oops. Pretty sure that Tina bringing up the idea of Mitchell, or to vote Mitchell, the producers stopped allowing them to talk on the way to Tribal. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Must have been a shitty walk two, and a, or two to four hours in silence. I, yeah, I didn't know it was that long either. I Again, I don't know if it's that long, because they do have to walk home in the dark afterward. Yeah, or if they just feel like it's that long. That's true. Like I said, it's not like, they're, not like they have a clock sitting nearby. Mm. And, oh, that's fair. Says that he'd call the the Gretchen vote a blindside. Oh, yeah, okay. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's a a fair call. Oh, and Josh sent us another another good uh, information, so I want to deep dive into this. Mitchell Owen, I'm being outed after the show. Oh, I think this is the exact... Yes, this is the exact article that we read from. And 
I agree. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Because we were gone and we recorded early, we didn't have a chance to, to get to your message before we recorded. Uh, but thank you for sending that. I agree. That was a, a huge, big point to talk about. Like the way yeah. his life and his trajectory in life was affected by the show and by Media Blitz. And I cannot stress that enough that Media Blitz is insane. I What is Media Blitz? Sorry. The tabloids desperate for any kind of information. Oh, yes, okay. Because these people are now pop culture famous. Yeah. They have suddenly gone from nobodies straight up to the very tip top of everyone wants to know who you are and everything about you. I mean, we're talking about it 20 years later. Yeah. Um, it is really uh, interesting how the show still feels so quaint. And so I'm sure it was big budget, but because the technology is just worse, it still feels kind of rough around the edges and quaint, but it was the biggest thing in America at the time. Yeah, after season... This is. This is the biggest thing in America at the time. Yep. And uh, they're getting the big name sponsors like Target. And <laughs> maybe others. Maybe others. Although they had Target season one too. They did. So Target was on board from the get-go. Target came back after they burned all of the Target stuff <laughs> in a campfire. Target, ahead of their time. <laughs> they knew... Target, our goods are flammable. <laughs> I, I would say most are, yeah. True. If you try hard enough, most everything is flammable. Am I flammable? Yes. That's the whole process of cremation. Bumper! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this episode uh, came out on... I'm just going to start that over. So this episode came out... On February 22nd, 2001, um, this was actually a pretty packed week in terms of history. So, first of all, the first draft of the complete human genome is published in the journal Nature. This is the first time in scientific history uh, the complete human genome was mapped out. Hmm. Which probably, uh, I think that's really cool. I'm a massive nerd. <laughs> um, and more relevant news to people... Dale Earnhardt passed away on the last lap of the uh, 43rd Daytona 500. Yeah, didn't he? He crashed and died, right? Yep, he sure did. Uh, and made uh, NASCAR implement new safety standards. Yes, they should. Uh, that is actually something... A lot of these we've talked about, I haven't... Rem like, I was young at mm -hmm. the time these last two seasons had come out. I was six, seven years old. Um, that is... I vividly remember that happening. I remember I was like my family, there's a couple people that like NASCAR, or at least liked NASCAR. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like I was at a restaurant with my family when he hit the wall. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't watch NASCAR growing up. I did watch a lot of Sports Center, so mm. I don't remember the, uh, the death of Earnhardt, but I do remember the kind of rise of Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. And that they kind of really dug into the, oh yeah, his dad crashed in a a horrible crash and like oh my god <laughs> and then uh fbi agent robert hansen is arrested for spying for the soviet union oh my god in, arrested in 2001 for the soviet union means he must have done it 10 years 20 years before that or, sure they they caught they got evidence later down the road or they were just finally a trial yeah no no that was when he was arrested he was ultimately convicted oh. and sentenced to life in prison oh shit yep um, don't sell, don't sell state secrets. <laughs> uh, the Survivor Train Back Time podcast does not advocate st selling state secrets. It's getting a little relevant here, Jared. I, uh... Well, 
when you're president, they let you do it. That's fair. <laughs> Apparently. And then the number one song was Stutter by Joe featuring Mystical. Now, before this, Stephen, I looked up this song and said, have you ever heard this song in your life? And yes. you said no. I don't remember that song even slightly. No idea. So, busy week in the news, not a busy week in music. <laughs> I want to go back. I just wanted to say, I, when I was reading that last email, that last email was from Josh. So, thank you, Josh. I don't remember if I said that it was from Josh. Thank you for that information. It was greatly used before you sent it. But keep sending us stuff because you're great. And I appreciate your <laughs> font of knowledge. Anything else you want to discuss? Uh, no. I don't, I just the episode. Cool. Wait. Since that's why we're here. We do that? We talk about... Usually we talk about mid-2000s Nickelodeon porn, but, you know, I figure we should talk about some Survivor too. It was one time! <laughs> that's, that's more than I would have expected on Survivor-themed podcasts. <laughs> that is one time too many. All right. Episode five, The Gloves Come Off. An aptly named title, but mostly just because there's a lot of blow-ups. I was going to say, there's not really any one incident in this episode I would describe as, like, the gloves coming off. Nah. It's not a quote from the episode. It's a weirdly named episode. Yeah. Before they implement the, I'm going to name the episode after something that is said during the show, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's just free-for-all. Just kind of like what Friends does when they realized, oh, we need to have names for our episodes because streaming services are a thing or if you put them in a collection then you need an an episode title sure or like tv guides yeah yeah real interesting right at the top of the episode the fires are still raging on ogakor is absolutely getting blazed with smoke and 420 420 and not enjoying it because it's fire and then we don't talk about it the rest of the episode we don't they just kind of show that and i'm sure it because it either dies down or blows over continues moving but man that's definitely a health hazard we open up the episode to yo shit's on fire (laughs) and then proceed to ignore it for an hour as we do (laughs) classic survivor this is a weird structured episode this is a, and I, I want to talk about the structures episode. I said last episode that you can tell it was going to tribal right from the start. Mm-hmm. That does not change this episode. <laughs> no. The entire narrative of this episode is can Ogakor break their losing streak? Mm-hmm. Ogakor has had the entire spotlight this whole season, minus the first episode. Okay. They have the five, the I think five of them left. Yeah, the five of them left are mm-hmm. like the. Like I was like, they are like the protagonists of the season so far, um, <laughs> because that's where the drama is. That's what they're focusing on. Yeah. In Kucha, besides some personality differences, everything's going good. They haven't had to vote anyone off. So, and it seems like the vote for Kucha was pretty easy. Um, so there's not a lot of drama in like alliances or who's going to vote who off mm-hmm. or what kind of move they're going to play. Um, it seems like they just, they needed a narrative for these three days, these four days maybe. I think they might be doing four days since it's 42 days. Yeah, whatever. No, I think it's still three days every single time, but it's more contestants. Got it. Okay. Hold on. And, I have to do math quick. Continue. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so where they needed the narrative for these, for these, you know, three or four days or whatever it is. And they 
stuck with can Ogacore actually win an immunity challenge? <laughs> that was correct. It is uh, 42 divided by 3 is 14, and then the 2 at the end, so that, that tracks. Yeah, but like structure-wise, it's so heavy up front, and then you'd have challenge, challenge, tribal. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Yeah. I, I don't... It, Survivor sometimes does that, but it's it's weird to have it that much, where they have to really dig deep to find something to put in between the two challenges, which are a full day apart. Yeah, it didn't feel like much happened in these three days no. in Australia. Usually when you see these types of episodes, I feel like it's because tribal is big and explosive. Like we saw last episode... Um, there's very little time between the reward challenge and the immunity challenge and between the immunity challenge and tribal mm -hmm. because the tribal takes like 20 minutes. Yeah. That's not the case here. This tribal is very quick. <laughs> so they just front load it with slice of life stuff. Yep. Oh, we love a good slice of life anime. <laughs> I do love a good slice of life <laughs> anime. But we start the episode in Ogacore with an Amber sighting. Amber's alive. <laughs> I would, I would say this is a heavy Amber episode. I would say, well, I'll tell you why later, but I think Amber's the protagonist of this episode. Okay, well, then don't spoil that. We'll come back. Uh, I want to talk about the first thing I noticed in this episode. Once we get past the fires. Right. The, remember last episode when I was like, I remember them playing the game with the triangles, Parcheesi, or whatever we called it. Yes, uh, Backgammon. Backgammon, there it is. Immediately. It was right there. It, it was, was like, oh, I didn't think that was this season. And that is not backgammon. Is not <laughs> I don't know what that game is, but it is not backgammon. Are you sure? Yeah. Hold up. Hold up. I could have sworn I looked this up and I thought it was backgammon. Back. It's amazing that your microphone picks me up so well when all I do is talk out of my ass. Uh, well, <laughs> it is actually faced in the direction to pick up your ass. Backgammon. It is backgammon. Okay, yeah. so I'm right, and then I question myself, and then I'm wrong. Correct. Classic. Cla classic, Jared. Uh, yeah, this also opens up with, while the boys are playing backgammon, Jerry and Amber are panicking about that last vote. They sure are. And, and they should be. They should be, because they are on the wrong side of that vote. Ironically, so let's, let's have a thought exercise. Mm-hmm. Throwing away the knowledge that you have of the rest of the season. Sure. Just this episode and back. Love it. If Ogacore had gone to Tribal instead of Kucha this episode, who do you think gets voted off? I think it would have been Jerry. I think it would have been Jerry too. Yeah. Because the only thing Jerry could have done after Mitchell goes to help herself with her tribe is to chill. Mm-hmm. To just chill. Make, make, you know, make peace, make amends. Clearly Colby is in a win. He wants to freaking win yeah he doesn't care about strategy he's there to compete and i mean he cares about the strategy that's that's not fair but he's there to compete and win challenges and eventually hopefully a million dollars and he's gonna be with whoever's gonna help him get there and do that and jerry is actively shooting herself in the foot by being somebody that's overly reactionary and that's kind of his his defense when jerry comes to him is yeah. that i want to keep this tribe strong and mitchell wasn't keeping this tribe strong no and, I mean, it kind of plays out in the end. I think if Mitchell was there, they would have struggled a little more. Um, with, with Colby's incentives mm -hmm. and his point of view, he absolutely made the right decision. Yeah. I, I, you know, I would probably prefer to be 
the person is in a stronger alliance because Mitchell's vote counts just like anyone else's. Sure. But if you if you are focused on winning the next, I guess, two challenges at this point. We mm-hmm. thought there was only two last episode, but it's now this one and the next episode. Yep. Yeah, you have to get rid of Mitchell. Yeah. I think I I think it was the correct choice. It doesn't seem like it coming right out of the coming into the first challenge, but we'll get to that. Yeah. We flip sides in Kucha. Varner, fire <laughs> there is a we're hinting at fire here. In everyone's sleeping, it's cold, but fire is getting up into the what would you call into the shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Varner almost catches on fire while sleeping. That's how close that fire is. So they have to pick up the fire and move it to the fire pit. Or move the fire pit somewhere else. Yeah. Which is odd because it's... At one point, Jeff in this episode says it's 110 degrees. Yeah. They are in a desert. So it will get very cold at night. Correct. Once again, just highlighting the hostility of the Australian outback. Yeah. It's it's brutal. And I we've talked about it before how this is one of the more unforgiving landscapes of Survivor, it will only get worse before it gets better. I'm imagining this is part of, like, this episode doesn't have a lot of content in it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the previous episode had some, but without the Mitchell drama, I don't think it would have had much of any. And part of that is because people are, like, just trying to conserve energy. Like, everything is, is built into just actually surviving. And... I think that, like I've, I said before, I think that's really cool, but also probably a little too far with the Outback. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between the Outback and Fiji, please. <laughs> yeah. I. It is really interesting what, going back and watching this back to back to back. They clearly don't have a whole lot of things to show in this mm-hmm. episode. So what they do is a lot of foreshadowing, which I find mm-hmm. very interesting. And we'll, we'll talk about it in in future episodes, but there is some some clear foreshadowing going on of what is going to happen in the game and what changes the game. But you don't know that, and I do, so we'll we'll ignore that for now. And Kimmy is talking to the chickens. Kimmy. <laughs> Kimmy, I liked you in the beginning of this season. Uh-huh. Why does why does this girl have negative chill? <laughs> like really, that is that is the the most obvious thing to me between Kimmy and Jerry, two two women that I liked at the beginning of the series. I think I think Jerry's always been what we've seen a smarter player than Kimmy, mm-hmm. but like neither of them have any chill. <laughs> and yeah, he, it's it's always on. It's always the next thing to either stir the pot or make drama going on. And again, this is the edit. There's so there's so much more in the day. There is. That's true. And I don't want to fall into the trap of, of believing, you know, the editors are unreliable narrators. However, with Kimmy, <laughs> what she's doing is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Everyone around her thinks it's ridiculous, and they vote accordingly. Yeah, if this wasn't a unanimous vote, I would, uh, I would consider the edit to be a little unfavorable. Mm-hmm. It is anyway, but there may be evidence to back this up. Yeah, and I... Listen. <laughs> I hate agreeing with Scoopin. I want to see where this goes. I'm going to agree. Well, because he, he has a confessional where he talks about, like, Kimmy has to stop making such a spectacle over the chickens if she wants to stay around. And I'm like, oh no, he's right. 
It's like it's like the oh, meme no. of like the worst person you know just had a good point. <laughs> I would like to also bring up a a quote from Scoopin around the same time, where Scoopin says, and this is word for word. I wrote this down because I was concerned. I feel the need to shed some blood. Whoa! How did I miss that? Yeah, it was. Uh, we're talking about chickens, but still, the way he said it, uncomfortable. Oh my god. Did you notice though, when Kimmy goes off to avoid the the killing of the chickens, did you notice Kimmy's giving a confessional and there is a kangaroo like wandering up behind Kimmy? No. Yeah, it's it's there for one shot and I'm sure they had to like stop and shoo it away, but the kangaroo definitely hops into frame, looks up, looks toward the camera, and then uh, they cut away. Yeah, so here's the thing. Kangaroos will mess you up. Yes. The... Dependent on the kangaroo. Well, yeah, I mean, they're not a, they're not going to go out of their way to be aggressive. Yeah. But, like, if you start me- if you start getting, like, a little too close... Mm. They also... Uh, fun fact about kangaroos, because I am nothing if not a, uh, a repository for useless fun facts. <laughs> um, they will go out into waste deep water okay and wait yeah if they're being pursued by a predator and then when especially dingoes and then if they go out in the water to chase them they'll just jump on them with their arms which are much more muscular than you think they are correct and just drown them yes they are smart they're very smart but i've also heard them described as the deer of australia so if you think deer and you're like, oh, I'm just driving around. I'm, I'm driving through rural nowhere. And boom, I hit a deer. That's kind of what kangaroo is. Okay. They, they just kind of wander where they please and aren't necessarily good at reacting to cars. Fear no car nor man. No. Not that a whole lot of people are driving through the outback at any given time. But, I mean, some people have to drive through there somewhere. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so Kimmy Key's making a big, like, she makes a big spectacle when they go, like, are going to kill the chickens and makes a big scene of, like, okay, I'm going to go away now and, like, just do it. Like, you have your your moral conviction. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Good for you. I'm glad. It's, you don't have to be so loud about it to everyone all the time when they're doing what they need to do to survive. Jared. Jared. Hold up. Are you telling me that if you have a thing that you hold particular to yourself... That is important to you that you don't need to make everyone know about this particular conviction every single day, every single moment you get a chance. I called someone else this season Dirk. <laughs> okay. Kimmy is the Dirk. What what being a vegetarian is to Kimmy is what being a Christian is to Dirk. <laughs> and they both just need to shut the hell up about it. I am all for your convictions. Like... If you want to, if you want to be super religious, if you want to uh, have a specialty diet, if you care about this one particular thing, maybe a pop star. Like, great, good for you. I love that. You don't have to keep telling me. I want you to enjoy your thing. I am not enjoying your thing for you. It's such an easy line of like, you know, if you say I can't do that because of a conviction, great. Mm-hmm. If you say you can't do that because of my conviction. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I think I'm not good at self-promotion is because I am aware of people and I'm aware of like, oh, am I being obnoxious? 
unclear. We're in a society where everything is obnoxious and the people who are most obnoxious are usually the ones who are succeeding the most, but not always. And uh, speaking of self-promotion, if you can go ahead and rate us five stars on <laughs> iTunes or Spotify, share us with your friends, your family, your enemies. We want to keep doing this and we'll continue to do this. Shameless self-promotion. I just took a, a shot of whiskey to the tip of my nose. That's oh, not where whiskey God. goes. It's true. Holy cow. Yeah, honestly, we like doing this. We will keep doing this, but... Uh, you gave me a great segue, so I had to. Absolutely. Tell your friends, uh, we're going to keep promoting. We'll only do it once a podcast at most, but just a reminder, I know asking people, as John Mulaney says, doing things is hard. <laughs> it's so hard. much easier to not do things, but if you, want, if you don't mind helping us out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I Well, I'll even cut it short. We probably won't do it once an episode. We'll do it, like, a couple times a season. Okay. I mean, just from where how we've been. Like, the first couple episodes, yes, of course. And then we have so much more to talk about. Ogakor, food is rough. They are a disaster. This whole tribe is a disaster. And it kind of shows you that eh, maybe Mitchell's not far off in having lost 31 pounds. Yeah, maybe. It, they've had no fish in two days, and they all look terrible. Are they out of rice and out of flour? Because it doesn't seem like they're eating anything. They're not out of rice, because the first shot they show is them, like, scraping the bottom of the pan that they have rice. And Tina, like, specifically takes one, a single grain of rice and puts it in her mouth. That's so depressing. It is very depressing, but it is a, a good show of where they're at. They really, they haven't won much for reward challenges. They won the fishing kit, but... I'm going to say they won the first immunity challenge. Uh-huh. And I think they've won one reward challenge. Correct. And we are in episode kit. five. It's They have won fun. two out of eight challenges thus far. Would you say... Okay. So far, this is the losingest tribe of any tribe. I mean, there's Of only the four been, I've seen so far. There have yes. only been four. Correct. This is the losingest tribe so far. Yeah. And... Survivor really doesn't know what to do with that. No. Because it's, it's hard to balance in the challenges. They don't know how to balance these challenges with different sets of people. And again, we'll talk about that, but yeah, just all sorts of silliness. <laughs> this, is part, this is part of the downside of having physical strength mean so much more in these early seasons is it's cascading failures. So if your tribe is, you know, let's say the first challenge is a tug of war. Mm -hmm. and your tribe isn't as strong, you have to vote somebody off. Sure. But then they get to, the other tribe gets to sit their weakest member or have one, or, you know, I guess in these early seasons, have one other person compete. So if the second challenge is also a tug of war <laughs> or some type of strength-based contest, you're not any stronger than, you will never be stronger by getting rid of tribe members. Correct. They have not implemented the you can't sit out two challenges in a row rule. And they... And, like, they do it this episode, actually. The, the immunity challenges episode is more mental than physical. Mm -hmm. Because every time we do a physical challenge, we just watch Ogakor get freaking smoked. Yeah, and they do. And they will get smoked in... Well, not smoked. It was actually pretty close for a while. It, uh, if you look at the actual, like, the first... six, If you look at the 16 contestants before anyone's voted off and, mm -hmm. and look at just the 8x8 eight eight standing next to each other, like, Toggy is a stronger tribe physically than Ogakor from the very beginning. Kucha? Yep. 
I mean, and Toggy. Toggy, yeah, Toggy also. And Toggy. <laughs> no, uh, Kucha is a stronger tribe than Ogakor. Yeah. Right away. And it, it, and it has not gotten better because then you're winning reward challenges. And the reward challenges this season are a big deal. They are a big deal. It's bigger than deal than last season, better than one piece of pizza. Yeah. I would say this one's not as big of a deal, but for mental sanity, definitely there. Maybe uh, I mean you're like you're sleeping better, so you have more more energy. Mm-hmm. You're the I mean the pig I guess wasn't challenge based. That's <laughs> scooping based. It's um, scooping based. Yeah. Okay. We can continue. Okay. The, we have a big. Sorry, we got way sidetracked. We have a big talk about fish and dead fish because Jerry goes out to fish and has to dump the the fish waste that they gutted last time, which is from what they're saying two days old. I don't know why oh, yeah. you would just leave it in there. Weird. Jerry asks what to do with the fish waste. And what's his face? Uh, Keith. Keith. Keith says, well, just uh, dump it in the river. And Jerry responds, well, no, that the fish are eating that. So that's why we're not catching any fish. What are your, what's your take on this? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I... I don't know if it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but it's it does not it do, it doesn't stop you from catching fish. Has Jerry ever heard the phrase "chum the waters"? Like uh, why not? Why are you not going out there and like putting it out in the water when you're fishing? That's true. That's a good point. Why are you not baiting this? And like, if you're going out and if you want it buried, why are you not just burying it? Like, why are you causing this friction? And, like, I don't like Keith. I think I've been pretty vocal about the fact that Keith is kind of a jerk. He's <laughs> fine in this episode, but yeah. overall kind of a condescending jerk. I would say this is the best Keith episode today. I would agree. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it kind of helps that he's riding a big win from mm-hmm. from Tribal. But it just, it it's so odd. It's such an odd exchange between the two of them. I just was thinking to myself, I was like, why is this here? Why are they having this conversation? Because they didn't have enough footage to put other places. And, but, but, but like, even those two people in isolation without cameras on, like, why are they even having this conversation? It felt like they're looking for things to fight about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that aside. Jerry is looking for things to fight about. Agreed. Keith does not want anything to do with this and clearly like tries to defuse the situation while also being like, the fuck, why are we, why are we talking about this? Jerry's lost her alpha dog spot and she's trying anything she can to get it back. Yeah. I did want to say that there is a reason that in hunting that you cannot bait a trail. Like you can't throw food out in the same spot all the time and then wait for hunting season and then shoot at the place that you've already baited day after day after day because they will come and that is unfair. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving forward. Now we come to our big blow up of the episode. We can talk about another conversation that I don't know why it happened. It, it does not make any sense. This is the Kimmy versus Alicia blow up. Ding, ding, ding. And it, in this corner. Yeah, we've been waiting for this. If, if you... If you've watched the season before, you remember this because it is it is big and it is obnoxious for no reason. It's so stupid. So they're having the conversation about protein. They're talking about, well, we should kill a chicken every day. Well, you only have four chickens, so that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. 
But Kimmy, seeing kind of an in, tries to defend, well, we should maybe not kill a chicken every day because it doesn't make sense. You don't need protein every day. Kimmy, you're not eating it anyway. Correct. Why? Shh, just stop. Stop. Just stop. And then Alicia comes back. You just want you just want those chickens to live because you love those chickens. And then it escalates from there. Yeah, I mean this is one of those fights where the fight is not about what they're what just happened. It's about what's happened for the last 12 days. Correct. Um but it's so pointless. It's extremely pointless. But I, I get it. Like, the the tempers have, have definitely risen, and Kimmy's getting on people's nerves, and Alicia's just had one too many. And she admits, like, she's she's one to speak her mind. She, yeah. it's been, it's been common. Uh, my favorite quote from this fight is, I will always wave my, wag my finger. <laughs> I will always wag my finger, Jared. Now, I actually, from this episode and last episode, have grown a fondness for Alicia. Um, not because of this fight. This fight's childish and dumb, but yes. I will give them both a pass because they're hungry and annoyed and want to go home and it's a million degrees out mm-hmm. and they're actively dying. <laughs> actively dying. Actively dying. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Like, I... Like, Alicia's just really... Like, it's, the tribe seems to like her even if she's, like, a little pushy. She's really, she has like a really confident, really strong presence about her that has come out in the last couple of episodes. And I, I am enjoying it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. Yeah. I think Alicia's a very, very strong personality. And I think a good, a good representation of the female side from early Survivor. And the, to give the editors credit, because I spent a lot of time dunking on them. And I will sure. continue to do so. There is, I'm, because Alicia's a strong, a very strong, outspoken woman, a very strong, outspoken woman of color, there is the possibility of an, that they could have done an edit that made her look much worse. Yes. Intentionally. It could, and I have not gotten that, like, that angle from the show, Mm -hmm. and I can appreciate that. I can't, I can't say whether or not that lasts. Okay. But as to now... They really have not pushed the uh, the outspoken black woman narrative, which I thank you, Survivor of 20... 2001. 2001. I yeah. almost said 2001. 2001. <laughs> That's confusing. Continue to do that, please. Learn from your mistakes. And now that they, they've moved the fire, it is a cold night in the Kucha tribe, and yes. everyone's just cold. Oh, one thing I will say, too, about going back to editing real quick. And uh-huh. One more prop for the editors of 2001. Sure. There are episodes in season one where nothing's happening, and it feels like nothing's happening. Yeah. This episode gives you the illusion that stuff is happening. Yes. They do a better job of that. They're learning. They're yep. learning how to do this show, and I appreciate that. And I find it fun, and I hope our listeners find it fun, when we can pick out the things that they learn to do and the things that they still <laughs> fail to do. Yeah. Kimmy is has not bathed this entire time. Asterisk citation needed. Yes. According to and I was scooping. Scooping, Yeah. Kimmy has not bathed. They do show a little bit of evidence to back this up in the uh Scoopin talks about the 
Yeah, when people change their clothes, you see like a tan line. When <laughs> Kimmy has a dirt line. Kimmy has a dirt line, which is true. It is there and you can see it. Oh, she's gross. Yeah. I, she definitely is not bathing as much. And there's a river right there. And we have a little, you know, vignette of her talking about how much she hates the river and how yeah. gross she finds it. It's real gross. Which, yeah, it is. That's fair. But like, I don't know. There's a certain point where I'd be like, I just gotta do it. Yeah, I don't think it's as gross as, as she's making it out to be. No. This feels like another thing that just wouldn't be in the episode if more happened. Um, but also, <laughs> that I think this a lot of a lot of what we see from Kucha in this episode is building the case against Kimmy. Mm-hmm. As, since she's the one who's going to get voted out. Yeah. Um, What's weird is that if it was a still river, or a still lake, I would be like, yeah, okay, I kind of get it. Like the... Uh, the, the swamp that Greg and Colleen jump in. Both got very ill from. Correct. <laughs> but it is moving water, and it is clearly pretty cleanly moving you can, water. It's clear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you still have to boil it. Please, dear God, boil your water. But it looks not bad. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Imagine the smell of those camps. Gross. Yeah. Just... Super gross. At some at some point, you have to go smell blind to how bad everyone smells because y- your brain and your nose can't handle that all the time. <laughs> the brain's like, this is the new normal. Yeah. Get used to hmm. it. I guess we just smell now. <laughs> we get to the reward challenge brought to you by Target. Another <laughs> stretcher challenge... But this time, also brought to you by Target. Yes, and it, well, okay, it's not a stretcher challenge; it's a Travoy challenge. So I looked up a Travoy real quick. Sure. Uh, Wikipedia article. Um, it is a frame for restraining horses, a historical frame structure that's used by indigenous people, notably the Plains Aborigines of North of North America. So it seems to be something that you would drag. Okay. Uh. There's also evidence to support the thesis that travois were used in other parts of the world before the invention of the wheel. Okay. Okay. Um, it seems to basically be a indigenous people's wheelbarrow. Yeah. Like they use it before uh, wheels. Makes sense. Were co- invented or common use or whatever. W- why are they using it for people? <laughs> because we didn't want to call it a stretcher challenge for the second time. That's fair. I also don't know. It's not... I, I don't... I, I couldn't find anything of whether um, Australian Aborigines used Travois. It seems like they probably did, just looking at the way it lists, you know, it lists that a lot of indigenous peoples did. Uh-huh. So, hey, Survivor, you maybe you did a good cultural thing again that wasn't a racism. <laughs> maybe. It could also be that someone did like a quick... I guess Wikipedia didn't exist at the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, did a, a quick read through a book and said, ah, oh, we should do that. Or they're like, my uncle's cousin's nephew one time told me about this thing that native peoples used. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be great. Anyway, it's, it's a stretcher challenge where you have to save, quote unquote, save your tribe mates. There are three zones and... This is one that they had to sit people out. This is the first time we see people sit out of a challenge. Which is very strange. Well, I th- I think they did at least once in season one. For a similar idea. Like, there was absolutely no way, way you could do it with more people than the other. Okay. But I could be absolutely wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. That's not a landmark. Yeah. This is one where you, you run, you pick up your tribe mate, 
You bring them back to a location where they are suddenly healed. <laughs> yes, they are injured tribesmen, and they they go, they're healed, and then they can aid you in getting the other people. It was such an unnecessary addition to say that they're suddenly healed. Like, just say you got to get them to the first aid tent, and then like they're still trying to get like put stories behind some of the reward challenges. Yeah. Don't need it. We don't. It's really very need silly. It. it makes it feel like you're on a playground, and it's like, all right, well, when you cross that line, you're suddenly healed, and you can join back and get on this side to capture the flag, and like, Jared, uh huh, Jared, I want to tell you a little, a little backstory in Stephen lore. Okay. So around this time when Survivor was at its peak, I was really big into Survivor. Shocking. I know. And so I made my friends at recess play Survivor. Oh my god! <laughs> we did. We did challenge. I think it was like one or two days, and we did challenges. We voted out, and it was that's cruel. It is kind of cruel. As children, that is cruel. <laughs> it was to the point that people were like, "Can you just vote me out? I want to go do something else." No, that's not so it's bad. It's like, then. yeah, okay. <laughs> I I was Jeff. I was the Jeff. Oh my god, of course you were the I know, Jeff. right? Just a little backstory into, oh, I was that kid. Seven-year-old Steven must be very proud. Yeah. I. You know what? I'll back that up. I'm, I'm cool with that. Was it my, oh, this person's kind of weird moment? Of course. But we... Every other day we were playing football in on the field. So, like, whatever. We can do one day of something different. I mean, I beat my friends with sticks and Naruto ran. So oh, my like, God. I get it. Okay, when I say beat with sticks, that does sound intense in <laughs> context. We would sword fight with sticks. So you were friends with Scoopin? I, no. <laughs> I was not. You take that back. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Scoopin, although from his criminal history, Scoopin would have tried to be friends with me at the time. Because I was seven. Oh, no. <laughs> Steven takes a, a sip of his drink. Yep. After this, we're going to continue and watch the episode. So I maybe should not be drinking. Oh, well. Oh, well. Here we are. Kucha works really well together. And I think their strategy to pick up the largest person right away made sense or the strongest person i should say yeah and where they could help with the travoy and continue to carry these people ogakor ogakor is a mess man ogakor is a mess and they they tried to stay together and they really try they were competitive up until the last leg it seems like the, the last leg they also took different routes yeah um and uh Kucha took like a straight line, whereas Ogakor like went around. They got caught up in a lot of foliage, mm-hmm. and it it really killed them at the end. Uh, so Kucha runs away with it at the very end, and Amber just sits down in the river and cries. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is this is the Amber episode. Yeah, no, it is one hundred percent, and she kind of, you know, I mean, everyone's beat like everyone on Ogakor is devastated i mean they're getting brutalized let's be honest they have less they have they've won two out of nine challenges mm-hmm. they're they're winning less than 25 percent of their challenges they're they're clearly physically outmatched yeah they voted out probably their strongest person first who is oh yeah kel kel you're right uh and really there's they're just sick of losing I don't blame them. No. I would be sick of losing too. 
Though I do think this motivation sort of galvanizes them. And I think that helps them, like, nobody in the tribe seems to dislike Amber. Mm-hmm. They might not, they might not vote with her, but they don't, it, I, we have not seen any animosity towards Amber, also because we've seen very little Amber. Correct. Uh, you know, her crying and being that upset and, you know, Colby's sort of, I mean, we get to it a little bit later before the immunity challenge. They sort of start doing like rah-rah speeches, like mm-hmm. Amber, and that Amber leads that. She yeah. becomes like a high school football coach. Um, it's nice that you find motivation in places you wouldn't normally think to look where the camera hasn't thought to look for five episodes. Yeah, and really, that's the only thing that happens between this and the next challenge mm-hmm. is the the pep talk, but also the Kucha bath party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, like, underscore music, and it's like, yay, Kimmy doesn't smell. <laughs> and they really focus on scooping. Like, they, he's just digging into her, and everyone's kind of chuckling behind her back, and I'm like, oh... Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. Imagine, imagine like agreeing with Scoopin over Kimmy. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> and I do this whole episode, Ugh. and I hate saying it, yeah. but I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. <laughs> oh boy, and there's so much, so much I want to talk to you about, but. We will get back to it. So before we get to the immunity challenge, sure. there was a couple of things I want to talk about. Okay, go so, for it. So Kucha feels sorry for Ogakor. They're all talking about like how they Varner's talking about like how he feels so bad for them. And, or sorry, no, everyone else is talking about how they feel bad for him. And Varner's saying, No, yeah. absolutely not. Do not feel sorry for the tribe. He says, We're gonna we're gonna kill him and Scoopin's <laughs> gonna eat their eyes. Yeah, I he very specifically says that, which, which is Maybe a step too far, but I, I like the attitude where you're like, no, you don't let up off the gas. This is how you lose games. This is how the NFL, <laughs> you let off the gas in the fourth quarter, then suddenly they've scored three touchdowns on you and you're losing. Well, I mean, we have the Falcons as Super Bowl champions from a few years ago to disprove that. 28-3. <laughs> um, <28 to> 28-3, <laughs> to baby. If you're listening, you're a Falcons fan. Nowhere is ever safe. I'm sorry, but also I'm a Vikings fan, so like... Mm, I get it. I'm a, I'm a Lions fan. I got I. It's like the uh, gif from the boys where it's like, go ahead, let's light this candle. I might lose everything, but then I've got nothing to lose. Then I got nothing to lose. I got baby. nothing to lose. Um, but Kucha does. Um, <laughs> so let's get to the immunity challenge. Yeah, they, they go right into that immunity challenge. It is a maze. And this is one of the better constructed mazes that I think I've seen where the maze is... It's a pretty straightforward maze. You could solve it in maybe two minutes if you were just trying to get through. But in order to do that, you have to find these posts where you collect these tokens, but you have to do it in order. Yep, one through five. One through five. So you find one... Uh, you may have skipped past two on your way there. So you go, oh, I got to go back there. Uh, five was clearly in the middle, so they made that as clear as possible. 
And they wanted this challenge to be a spectacle. Yeah. Jeff emphasizes how much lumber was required it and that them, it took two weeks to build. It took them two weeks to build this maze. They've only been there for two weeks. <laughs> Which is probably why they don't do this again. <laughs> they might do this again. That's, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't make statements like that. They kind of do. They ca- This challenge is not a group challenge. This is one that you see in a final four that they've had some time mm. to work mm-hmm. on. But yeah, I was shocked to see this one so early in the season. It felt like an individual challenge that they stuffed a tribe into. And that might be because they're like they're like flipping through the flashcards being like, we, we need a non-physical challenge. Like we need something that Okakor can compete in. I think they just had to get this out because if next week is the last week before merging, then their challenge does not work because they built two mazes. That's true. And it took them two weeks to build two of them. Correct. So they needed to do this now or it wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah. So this is... Oh, yeah. This is one that I'm like, they just... There's nobody sitting out for Kucha. Yeah. And Jeff just says there's no advantage to having seven over five. So go for it. Yeah, I would say it's almost a disadvantage. I agree. I think it's a disadvantage. So I'm okay with it, but if if the whole goal of these challenges is to be even keel and just like the better team wins, it does not make sense. No, and I think this is an example of the producers putting their thumb on the scale. Um, I think they really wanted Ogakor to win this challenge. I think you're right, but also I just think they didn't know what they were doing. That's fair too. I, I would give them credit and say, yeah, let's uh, let's try to let Ogakor win this one. But they, I, I just don't think they knew what they were doing. They didn't know what to do with these extra people. That's fair. So this is one where I was like, Keith is leading his team to victory. Yep. This is the best leadership I've seen out of Keith. Yeah. Because it's almost kitchen-like, which makes sense, where in the moment he is calling out, no, 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 this way, go this way. In in very direct but not demeaning way, he is he he is really dragging this team to to the right places. I agree, and that's why I talk about uh, that's why I was talking about with like you know all their motivational speeches that Amber and Colby and all that were giving before this challenge. I, I think that they all really pulled together and put. I think it really helped them, and I think Amber and Colby, uh, but especially Amber, were the conduit for them being able to put aside their differences. And just focus on the challenge. Yeah. I think if you if you have that lingering, I mean, there's still lingering animosity, but if you're not able to put it to the side, this challenge could become a clusterfuck. It could very easily become a clusterfuck. Uh, but really, the the key to them doing so well is that they memorized where the other posts were mm-hmm. on their way by, whereas Kucha tried but was very clearly unsuccessful at getting back to those positions. I thought it was weird that you could see the posts above the walls. It is, but it, if they're trying to do that, it makes sense. If you're trying to be like, oh, that's where I need to get to. I don't know how I get there. And it seems like the numbers also weren't facing towards them. Yeah, so, they were at an angle, so you could only see them from a particular side. But still, you either need to make that clear or you need to hide them entirely. I guess if, yeah, I guess if you don't have a, a, a marker like that for them where they have to navigate the maze, you're kind of just relying on luck. 
It's yeah. whoever it's whoever just kind of like stumbles upon a pillar first instead of somebody that like navigates the maze correctly to mm-hmm. find that pillar. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go back on that. I think that having them above the walls was a good was a was good design. Okay, I will give them credit on this one that they edited this and shot this really well for how absolutely blocked this is. Yes. There were a lot of aerial shots, which I. This is long before drone, so I don't know how they did that. If it was just a helicopter circling the entire time, they weren't that high up. It could have easily been like a tower. They seemed pretty high up, but you might be right. But there was definitely there are shots from an angle coming in. Mm. But there are shots like straight down that I think were helicopter. Well, maybe. Who knows? Doesn't really matter. Wait, you didn't know that Jeff grew wings? To fly above them and I, record? I know that, but you don't find that until a, a later season. Oh, I'm sorry. I did get that it's spoiler. Spoilers! <laughs> uh, for the record, that was a joke. In case you're watching uh, Survivor and you're waiting for Jeff to sprout wings. I'm sorry. Why would you tell them that? I'm sorry. If someone's gullible enough to believe that, then I want them to believe it. Uh, I want to I be able to live in that fantasy <laughs> with them. Yeah. Uh, Ogakor wins. Ogakor wins very easily. Yeah. I think Kucha only got two tokens. Yeah, they got smashed. Yeah, absolutely smashed. And good. We needed some balancing here. We really did. Thank God. <laughs> Honestly. And we get to the pre-tribal, and there's really not a whole lot here. People float names. The name Kimmy floats. Alicia is floated. Yeah, and I think uh, Kentucky Joe says something like, they all think I'm going to vote Kimmy, but I have my own plan. And then he votes Kimmy. And then he votes for Kimmy. I think his big thing was he just didn't want to vote for uh, what? Elizabeth and him have Elizabeth. have yeah. uh, have an alliance that is you know written in blood. They will never vote for the other one. Yeah. Essentially, this section is just saying there isn't really an alliance. It's just a a couple groups here and there. Alicia Varner, Kentucky Joe, and Elizabeth. Yeah. Um. But, like, the, the tribe unity isn't there. They haven't really been forced to make these decisions. They haven't voted since day three. Yeah. So, really, it's free-for-all and whoever everybody wants. And, to be honest, I don't think... I still don't think they've had to make that decision. I, You're correct. <laughs> because it is... Let's go straight to tribal. It's... It's, it's an absolute... It was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. Yep. Everyone I, knew who was going home from I, the minute they walked in. I knew it was going to be the moment, and good on the rest of the tribe, because it seems like everyone was going to vote Kimmy, and they all knew they were going to vote Kimmy, but, mm-hmm. they, but Kimmy didn't realize it was her. Um, she says when she votes for Varner, uh, she says, like, I think it should be Elisa, but I've heard Varner's name floated. And I was like, we haven't heard Varner's name floated. No one's heard So Varner's that means name. somebody smokescreened you, and you are going out. Six to one. Correct. Guaranteed. Absolutely. They didn't even get to Varner's vote. They just they just wrote down, like, the, her vote for Varner. They just read off, Jeff just read off four Kimmy names and she... Oh, something. yeah. They didn't show Kimmy's vote at all. Nope. Because she was the only one. So that, again, makes me think they're not stacking these votes at I all. I agree. They're not stacking the votes. Uh, <laughs> but this is a weird tribal because they get in, they start talking, and then it starts pouring rain. This is the wettest I think I've seen Jeff... In a long time. Oh my. <laughs> he he looks uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Other than that one episode in season one, he is just... His clothes are soaked. He is soaked. He wants to speed up this process. Yes. So yes, I'm sorry, Kimmy. You gone. 
I also want to talk about Elizabeth for a second. Sure. Because it occurred to me when she was voting, is I was like, Elizabeth and and actually Kentucky Joe too. I mean, she is she is young and she is not strong. No. I mean, she she might be stronger than I gave her credit for, but she is not a power a strength powerhouse on her team. And Kentucky Joe is old and has struggled in a couple of challenges, mm-hmm. and their names aren't even brought up. No, not at all. Good on them. That's good game playing right uh-huh. there. Because that is, it is hard to be a very, it's hard to be a young girl or young guy, really anyone under the age of 20. I don't know how old Elizabeth is, but she looks like she could be, um, or be very old and make it through the first few votes for your tribe. Hitting the merge, it is so much more important to have people who you get along with and you can trust than to have people who are strong. Yeah. I do think Kentucky Joe would have gone home on the episode that Marianne goes home, or uh, Marilyn goes home. Yep. Um, but his name has not been, neither of them have been mentioned at all. Yeah. I, I want to I say that there was a moment where people were really down on Kentucky Joe. Yeah, it was the, I mean, I think it was the, the, uh, the Marilyn episode. Oh, yeah, where they foreshadowed the challenge. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. And then the last thing I noticed is that Rain took out the uh, the torch. Again, we're just capping an empty torch. And it feels awkward this season. as last season. That's fair. I think they edited it. They edited it better and like playing the music at the same time as it went down still made it feel important rather than just like, okay, we're putting the cap on something that's not on fire. Jeff did go through the motions yeah. of the uh, tribe of spoken snuff, even though there's no fire. Boom, I'm snuffing your torch symbolically yeah he didn't have to be he didn't do the awkward thing like huh, I, I still have to do this by the way huh? uh <laughs> bloop yeah you're gone yeah vote was straightforward six to one kimmy and kimmy voted for varner yeah so take that for what it is kimmy's coming back that makes sense. Kimmy's coming back. Not for uh, a long time, though. Oh, okay. This is another one of those second chance votes. This was voted on by the uh, by Survivor fans. Good. Season 31. Wow. Second chance. Is that considered a good season? I don't remember. Okay, cool. I think it is because it's a lot of favorites and it's a lot of people who I really like. Well, and I, I will say, like, Kimmy's biggest problem is insecure or uh, immaturity. I mean, she is just, she just, you know, there's a lot of like loudness and, uh, you know, sort of like voraciousness that mm-hmm. the tribe, that can be a boon to the tribe. That can yeah. be someone that lifts up their spirits. And I think in the first episode, that's why I liked her a lot. But <laughs> she can't handle conflict that well. Uh, and she, we've all, we've talked about the, about her being way too preachy on the vegetarian stuff so far so i'm excited to see her back i think in a modern survivor this iteration of kimmy doesn't do very well i think you're looking at kind of like the tory archetype from 42 where like immediately is you know maybe not as i think tory is really condescending in the very first episode of 42 i don't think kimmy's condescending Mm -hmm. but i think that she uh would rub everyone the wrong way pretty quickly (laughs) And I'm probably go home pretty early. I'm so excited for you to meet like the the classic villains of Survivor, mm. and there is a season of Heroes vs. Villains. So I like, know I've heard that's a very good season. It's uh, there there's lots of them out there. It's gonna be fun. Okay. Uh, your protagonist of the episode that you already hinted at. Yeah, I mean, I said like I said, it's Amber. Um, 
Amber becomes sort of like the moral compass for her team. She's She brings everyone together. I don't know why they held her back for so long. She seems interesting and charismatic. Um, I assume we'll... I'm assuming she probably goes far. Maybe that's why. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, she really puts in, she does a lot of the, like the emotional labor to get her tribe out of the rut that they're in. Sure. And how do you think Kimmy does in a second chance season? Oh, how do I think she does? Yeah. Okay. So matured Kimmy season 31. Yeah. So this is what? 15 uh, years later. 15 years later ish. Yeah. Hmm. Without knowing who she goes against. Because right now I only know that she's going to be Kelly and Kimmy. I don't think she does very well still. I want her to. But I just, I feel like... As much as I like Kimmy, she has a little bit of jobber energy, if that makes sense. Do you know what a jobber is? No, explain that. I, I, I probably would anyway for our audience. A jobber is the first goons that Batman beats up in every in every movie. Sure. The guys who, like, they're not career criminals, it's their job. <laughs> or like you know they're they're just kind of like it's an it's entry level position for them. Like Kimmy just feels like an easy vote. Yeah, yeah. But fifteen years can change a person, so I'm excited to find out. It's true. Yeah, you're. I mean, Kimmy is not very old. No, she's in her early twenties. So giving fifteen years of experience, just life experience, is is huge. Yeah. That's it for the episode. Do you have a where are they now for her? I guess not because you don't want to... No, I, the... I, she has two kids. She's a single mom of two kids. So that's yeah. that's kind of where I'll leave it there. And then we'll come back to that in uh, a while. 29 seasons. Yeah. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. It's been a while since I could... Bumper. that'll do it for this episode of the survivor turning back time podcast as always i just want to say thank you thank you for listening thank you for hanging out for us thank you uh josh and carl for sending us emails yes. and random uh russian uh telling listeners. us yeah random russian listeners but also the person who told us that we're trending in russia if that's the case great i but i honestly think it's just that one person uh so thank you thank you for wherever you're listening we earnestly appreciate it oh um, yeah you're right we are the 61st best episode in category history in russia yep that's funny it's uh the data is provided by podstatus.com thanks car carlos i must said carl it's carlos no carl thank you but also carlos thank you yeah thank you carlos you're trying to get me money <laughs> trying to get money from me but uh thank you oh actually no there isn't uh maybe it's trying to get me to spend money on podstatus.com doesn't matter hey kid if you give me five bucks i'll make sure someone listens to your podcast we i'm sorry was that a mobster or was that like russian that was a mobster oh okay barely yeah you like kind of trended toward russian at the end and i was like who are you (laughs) (laughs) that was me all along fbi agent that was spying for soviet union (laughs) (laughs) oh boy we've been here too long (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening Jared anything you want to promote yeah uh, I would like to uh, promote the telescope that I think NASA had that observed a star billions of light years away that probably was formed bef- when there was only two elements in the known universe hmm. that kind of breaks everything we know about physics in the universe Nice, and that's pretty cool cool 
And helium was one of them. I think it's, I think it's helium and hydrogen. Helium and something else. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not a scientist either. I would like to promote transparency in the hiring process. Ah. If you are hiring and you realize that you don't want to go forward with someone, you should tell them. Don't leave them on the hook. Tell them right away. Or if you're saying, hey, we think we want to hire you and then change your mind in an instant, that's pretty shitty. So just like to point that out it, for no particular reason. None at all. Steven, I said I'm sorry. I Well, you're not hiring me. That's true. I've done that already. You have done that already. And that company is dead. <laughs> That'll do it. Thank you guys so much. Uh, for my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.